We'll hear argument now on number 99-1030, the City of Indianapolis versus James Edmond. Uh, Mr. Chin. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. The City of Indianapolis operates roadway checkpoints comprised of conduct that in other relevant contexts this Court has approved. The Court of Appeals declined to apply the, this Court's Brown versus Texas balancing test to evaluate that conduct because the checkpoints primarily investigate crimes. But the City's checkpoints are constitutional for two independent reasons. First, this Court used a balancing test in upholding other roadway checkpoints where the government's interest was to investigate crimes. Second, the City's checkpoints serve sobriety checking and driving regulation interests that this Court has approved, and the City's drug checking conduct adds no additional intrusion to these brief seizures. The roadway checkpoints this Court has previously upheld. I I have just one question about that. I guess on the uh, checkpoints to check for drunk drivers, um, that's at least related to the condition of the driver of the car, and the Court applied a balancing test and upheld it. Now, is this search more to uh, find drugs being transported in vehicles, or is it looking for drivers who are impaired by drug use? It's to do both, Your Honor, but primarily to look for drug possession and trafficking in cars. What do the statistics show, or do they show, uh, about uh, the percentage of people that were arrested uh, that were using drugs and were therefore driving under the influence of drugs? Do the statistics show us that? Not in this case. On this record, there is no evidence that any driver uh, was arrested because he, he or she was under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Our statistics show that 4.7 percent of the drivers stopped possessed some sort of narcotics. Well, does that make this uh, akin to a checkpoint, for instance, to catch burglars in an area or a murderer or something of that kind? Is this more for typical law enforcement purposes, and does that affect the balance in some way? No, Your Honor, I think it's different than the hypotheticals that you describe um, for this important reason. The uh, relationship between smuggling drugs in cars, of course, and the roadway itself uh, is close. Uh, we have found that, uh, obviously, with our high uh, hit rate in Indianapolis, uh, carrying drugs in cars is important to foster the drug trade in our neighborhoods, both in terms of possession amounts and smuggling amounts, traffic amounts. The ease with which the drugs can be concealed and moved about very easily uh, and enter our neighborhoods well, is a problem. Well, if, if there were a high crime area with lots of thefts and burglaries, and it was believed that the burglars typically made their getaway in cars, is it appropriate to have roadblocks and check people for that purpose? It might be, Your Honor, if that connection was shown, if there was a significant connection shown by the government in that case between that rash of burglaries or or whatever the crime may be and the use of the roadway, uh, that would be uh, perhaps uh, available. There's always such a connection. I I know very few burglars that go on foot. I mean, you're you're saying yes, then. Your answer to the question is yes. Well, certainly the You have a lot of crime in the neighborhood. You can stop all cars uh, to see if they have burglar tools. Probably not, Your Honor. Certainly a substantial connection can be shown in this case and was shown in Martinez Fuerte, for example. The Court could easily set the bar at that substantial connection or significant connection that would differentiate between stopping uh, cars for general criminal violations. Why is the connection between burglars who usually get where they're going by car not as close as the connection with drug uh, traffickers who usually engage in their business by car. I mean, everybody almost usually does everything by car. It it seems to me uh, I don't see anything special about this. It's special, Your Honor, because here the car is used as an instrumentality to secret away the drugs that are then uh, either have been just purchased in a neighborhood or maybe on their way to a neighborhood for sale. Uh, It's that. Does the record tell us how many of these drug arrests involved persons who were selling drugs as opposed to those who might have been just using them themselves? It doesn't tell us specifically, Your Honor. What the record does tell us uh, is that in the very first checkpoint that Indianapolis set up, there was a sizable distribution amount uh, that was seized in the checkpoint. But our checkpoints are designed to both attack 
supply and demand. We think it's important to, to, to attack possession amounts. Would as your well. case be as strong if, if the record showed that every one of the persons stopped just happened to be a casual user or something and, and had some drugs left in the car? Our case would be as strong for, for two you reasons. Don't really re, you don't really have to rely on the fact that there, some of them may be selling drugs. It, that's correct. It tells you something about our program, but, it, but it need, we need not have. Chin, I think you answered to an earlier question that the dominant reason for this program is to catch people who distribute, and unlike the alcohol stop, the sobriety check, that the dominant purpose is not to catch dangerous drivers, and you have no record of distinguishing between those two. So we have to assume, well, you, you've been candid about it. Your purpose is to catch people who are distributing drugs. Is that not so? Distribute to smuggle drugs, people who smuggle drugs either for distribution or, or possession. Well, well is that, is that well, your only purpose? For these checkpoints? Yeah. Our, our, no, we have three interests that are being served here. Uh, the drug, drug distribution interest is primary, and we've conceded that. But we also, uh, and the record shows this, indisputably check for signs of impairment. So we are interested in catching drivers who are under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And thirdly, we check driver's license and registrations at each checkpoint. In fact, that's the first thing that the officers do at the checkpoints. And we had a, a measurable, a sizable hit rate for driving violations as well. It was essentially equal to our narcotics hit rate, and both were higher than uh, this court sustained in SITS. Well, I suppose, given the fact that you don't have a, a record with respect to finding actual impairment among the people that you've stopped, I suppose that if, if we sustain the search here, uh, we would be required to do the same thing uh, if you made a, a facial showing that uh, in a given neighborhood uh, drug distribution was done on foot. I suppose you would be able to stop pedestrians uh, again on a sort of a random basis uh, according to some set of criteria like this uh, and question every pedestrian. Pedestrian stops present a different case, Your Honor, for several reasons. Uh, one, uh, this Court certainly hasn't uh, applied, uh, uh, for example, the Brown balancing test to... Well, why not? Well, I believe because the degree of intrusion uh, and one's expectation of privacy in the pedestrian context is simply higher or different than in the uh, motorist context. Well, the, the reason it is is that, that uh, we, we have, if not a history, at least some experience with, with, with motorist checkpoints. But there was a day when we didn't. Uh, it had to start somewhere, and I don't know why the same reasoning couldn't be applied to pedestrians and start somewhere there. And after a while, we'd have a tradition of stopping pedestrians on the street, too. Well, the Court certainly has recognized for, for some time, for 75 years perhaps since Carroll, that motorists enjoy uh, a diminished expectation of privacy. Yeah, but the, the original rationale for that was that uh, because the person was in a car, a person could get away easily. And yet that rationale has nothing to do with the rationale that, that, that you're uh, advancing here to justify this stop. Your, your rationale for stopping cars is that people use cars to distribute drugs. And my suggestion is that in a given area, if people distribute drugs on foot, the same rationale that would justify what you're doing here would justify pedestrian stops. And the original Carroll justification for an automobile exception, so-called, doesn't have anything to do with, with either case. Again, I think there are some differences, Your Honor, between the pedestrian context and the, the motorist context. Uh, certainly there is that expectation uh, of, of freedom of movement, of liberty interest that is different between cars and pedestrians. Uh, pedestrians are, are much less regulated, certainly, than cars, much less used to the government telling them that they have to stop. It, uh, pedestrians can, can stop at their own will and proceed uh, down the street and, and window shop in a way that cars uh, cannot, certainly. Cars have to be uh, traveling at speeds dictated by the government, uh, in a direction that is dictated by the government, cannot change lanes unless they do it in a way that the government has told them they can. So, but I thought the rationale with the car was the lesser expectation of privacy in a car, say, as opposed to a home. But if you're going to do expectation of privacy that one can't be seen, I suppose the street would be lowest because the car, at least you're sheltered by the car itself. On the street, there you are. Everybody can see you. So the, the rationale 
But your offering, I think, would would apply at least as much. You, you, high crime area, you have reason to suspect that people are going to get away so that the police are there to check them. And is there a distinction based on the expectation of privacy? I don't see it, but perhaps you can explain it to me. I think in this case, the expectation is of freedom of movement, because here no searches are undertaken without probable cause. So really what we're talking about this case, and all respondents have ever challenged about this case, is the initial stop of the car. So the point is merely that because people in cars, motorists, are used to being stopped, even at the behest of the government, for any number of different reasons, uh, it's that expectation that makes these checkpoints in this case the same as uh, the, the, the checkpoints that the court has upheld in Martinez, Fuerte, and Sitz, reasonable under the circumstances. That's simply different than the pedestrian context. I've never heard the concept of expectation of privacy, which has been applied to, uh, to searches, applied to seizures, which is what you're now saying. You're saying there's no reasonable expectation of not being seized, Right. I think that's right, Your Honor. you know of any of our cases that ever apply that reasoning to, to seizures? So, I mean, after all, you, you have to stop for a traffic light. You have to stop for, you know, bridges that are up and all sorts of things. So you say you expect to be stopped uh, or seized by, by government order uh, frequently while you're in a car, and therefore you have no right not to be. I think it's inherently part of the Brown balancing test as this Court applied it in SITS, for example, it measures in the third element of the Brown test the degree of intrusion on motorists. Yeah, but it doesn't say anything about expectation of being stopped. I mean, I, this is just a novel, a novel approach to me to, to use the expectation uh, rationale uh, with respect to seizures as, as opposed to uh, searches. I think the point remains that, that cars are stopped um, in any number of different contexts, even at the government's direction. And so it's reasonable for the court to conclude that that is a, uh, presents a lesser degree of intrusion. Well, even so, it's somewhat context. circular. I mean, if, 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 if we say there's no expectation, then there's going to be no expectation. <laughs> it's, I mean, it wasn't the expectation. It isn't the expectation. Uh, it's just, it's much, it's reasonable to stop cars very often, very often. Uh, for checks of, you know, all the things that people have said in prior cases. But the difficulty with your case is it doesn't seem any more reasonable to stop a car just to look for evidence of a crime in general than it does to stop a pedestrian to look for evidence of a crime in general. And what you haven't done, at least I haven't heard you do, is to say why there's something special about this that would really justify stopping a car any more than it would justify stopping a pedestrian. So what is it? It is reasonable to stop a car because of, the, again, the connection between the activity that's sought to be re regulated here and the roadway. So that's when we go back to Justice Ginsburg, who made the point very well. Uh, uh, look, uh, people who sometimes rob... Uh, banks on foot. The bank robbers, perhaps, are poor. They can't afford cars. Uh, they walk around. And that happens a certain number of times. So do we stop all the pedestrians? I mean, you heard her question. My problem is I can't find anything special about being in a car in respect to a general search without suspicion that there's any special crime, but just a general effort to stop crime. And I haven't heard you present one. Again, we think that the court could look to the substantial connection between drugs and their trafficking and possession on the roadways. If the court is not convinced that that presents a significantly different uh, context than the pedestrian situation, then, of course, you could apply Brown uh, in that in that. What context. was the reasoning of the court in Martinez-Fuerte? There you had a, 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 a stop with, with, without a search, unless there was probable cause. Yes, the court found that on, on balance, the degree of intrusion uh, was not, did not outweigh the government's interest in that case. In essence, Martinez-Fuerte, like the case here, is a smuggling case. There, the fear was that uh, persons, were, motorists, were smuggling illegal aliens uh, in their cars. And the court thought it sufficient 
that the that a program of neutral seizures at a checkpoint uh, guarded against arbitrariness and did not outweigh uh, the intrusion caused Mr. by the — Mr. wasn't there the factor, the locational factor there that, that stop, although distant from the border, was on the main — the road, the highway that you would take if you were going from the Mexican border into the interior? Because that's, that's where all the traffic flowed. But here, you don't have that. It could be any, any place. Let me say a few things about that, if I can, Your Honor. First, that was not part of the Court's decision in Martinez-Fuerte. Um, these were stops of persons that there was no reasonable suspicion to believe had just crossed the border. But it was a fact in the case. There wasn't any question. It was a main highway that people used traveling from Mexico. Yes, it, it was a fact in the case, Your Honor, but it didn't appear critical to the Court's holding, nor does the United States argue that that case is sufficiently different from our case. So you think you could stop, police could stop cars anywhere in the United States just to look for smuggled immigrants? You stop the car and say, you know, can I see your papers, please? Sort of scary. If a particular government program um, was not successful, certainly, uh, that is one check against that sort of checkpoint as well. The second element of the Brown balancing test requires, essentially, that the program serve the governmental interests at stake. And so a program that didn't do very well certainly wouldn't survive this Court's Fourth Amendment scrutiny. But what seems to be your argument, uh, the strength of your case depends on, on the success, that your success rate. In other words, you prove it was reasonable by what you find rather than by what you knew before you started. I think it's, I think it's both, Your Honor. We clearly have articulated in this case uh, a substantial interest in interdicting drugs. Uh, respondents haven't really challenged that as an important interest, and it's an interest that this Court has uh, upheld in, in many occasions. As I read your brief, it's important to your case that the 5 percent of the people in Indian, Indianapolis apparently don't have their driver's license with them, and another 5 percent have some marijuana in the car. If there was only 1 percent, your case would be much weaker. It, it would be weaker, Your Honor. Yeah. Although probably uh, — You didn't still, know that until you conducted the searches. Well, we knew that we had sort a problem. Like, you know, it's sort of like you found something there, ergo it was reasonable to look for it. Yeah. Well, we, we certainly knew we had a problem, and our program actually uh, proved that we were correct. The, the, the case that everybody begins with in automobile searches is Carroll, the prohibition case. And the Chief Justice in that case, right in it, said it would be intolerable and unreasonable if a prohibition agent were authorized to stop every automobile on the chance of finding liquor and thus subject all persons lawfully using the highway to the inconvenience and indignity of such search. That's this case, isn't it? It's not for a couple reasons. First, that case was, or that quote, and that case was talking about searches. And, of course, we don't search anyone here. We engage in a pattern of brief roadway seizures. And secondly, uh, this Court's decisions in Martinez-Fuerte and Sitz uh, and uh, its suggestion in Delaware versus Prowse shows that there are any number of things that a, court, that a uh, government uh, can uh, — interests that can be served by a, a, uh, a checkpoint program. Mr. Chief Justice, I'll reserve my remaining time. Thank you. Very well, Mr. Chen. Um, Ms. Millett, we'll hear from you. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. Our position is, first, that petitioners' checkpoints, including their drug detection component, are constitutional under this Court's decisions in Martinez-Fuerte, which upheld a checkpoint designed to intercept alien smuggling, and SITS, which upheld a sobriety checkpoint. Second, petitioners' checkpoints are also constitutional because they advance the government's legitimate interest in, in ensuring that only properly licensed and sober drivers... Your first point about Martinez, what, how would you respond to Justice Scalia's question? Would that checkpoint have been legal in Indianapolis? Um, as a constitutional matter, yes. As a statutory matter, no. The, the, uh, the Border Patrol... As a constitutional I have authority to go matter. beyond 100 miles. As a constitutional matter, if uh, the government... Border Patrol was able to show that, for example, in Indianapolis or Kansas or between, somewhere in Colorado, there was a, a, a thoroughfare that had a strong nexus to alien smuggling, for example, seasonal workers. Well, what we now know about Indianapolis, just right, right as of today, do you think it would be legal to have the Martinez Fuertes checkpoint in Indianapolis today? I think we would have to show a nex an alien smuggling nexus to the roadways on which we established well, our checkpoints. Then did they have to show, an, uh, before they conducted the checkpoints here, did the city have to show that 5 percent of the people were driving without licenses? 
I think or could it, they find that out after they did it? I think they have to establish, they have to have a reasonable basis for believing that there will be a problem. Obviously, we have that with the alien checkpoints that the Border Patrol operates. And here, the city of Indianapolis focused on crime statistics and was able to determine crime, that particular crime areas. Particular they got as a result of the program they instituted. No, no, no. General crime, drug crime statistics, which you obviously will know in advance as a law enforcement agency, just as we know where, where the primary problems of alien uh, transportation are in the country. We follow up on the Indianapolis hypothetical. Why, why would it have to be uh, uh, alien smuggling? I mean, why couldn't you simply identify an area that has a, a large — you know that there are a large number of, of Ill illegal aliens in this section of, uh, of Indianapolis that is largely Hispanic? So you simply set up roadblocks, and, and I'll bet you you'll, you'll get a pretty good catch. You stop every car that I drives down the street in that section I to see if there are illegal aliens in the car. I think as a constitutional matter um, that if the gov government were able to show the appropriate nexus and an effect that its checkpoints in the end were actually effective, that it would — and the intrusion was no more than it was in Martinez Fuerte, that, yes, the Fourth Amendment applies the same in Indianapolis as it does in Arizona. Then the same result, then, would be for pedestrian checkpoints. No, not at all. We think Why not? There's, there's a bright line uh, in this Court's decisions between cars and pedestrians. Why should there be? In other words, the rationale that you're advancing and that your brother has been advancing doesn't seem to me uh, to make any particular sense of that distinction. First, first, I'll explain the first of all, I don't think there's anything about this case that puts us, puts us closer to pedestrian checkpoints than Martinez Fuerte insists. But the rationale well, if, if, cars if, Mar if Martinez Fuerte can be applied, as, as you have said to Justice Scalia, that it may be applied in Indianapolis or the middle of Nebraska somewhere, uh, because there is there is a, a, a general basis in the evidence prior to the uh, the search operation that there is a high incidence of illegal aliens, um, then to begin with, Judge Posner's rationale uh, has nothing, I guess, to do with, with much to do with the case, uh, and it doesn't seem to have anything. Uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, keyed to the use of automobiles. And therefore, I don't see why, if we accept your answer to Justice Scalia, we are not well down the road toward pedestrian checkpoints. Because cars are different than pedestrian. Cars are highly regulated. This Court has recognized that they are subject to a web of regulation by government. And as I think it was Justice Breyer earlier said, one has no reasonable expectation within the meaning of the Fourth Amendment, that you will not be briefly stopped and asked to show a driver's license, your authority to operate the car, and under Martinez Fuerte, that you, that you are not using the car to smuggle illegal aliens. We see no difference between that and smuggling drugs. And in this case, the drug component doesn't, isn't necessary to explain the seizure. The, se the entire scope of the seizure is independently justifiable. In fact, most of the time is expended on the driver's license checkpoints. The only role, role of the drug detection component is that they're in a, in a justifiable stop under this Court's precedence for driver license checkpoint and sobriety checkpoint. They add a canine sniff for dogs. That does not independently cause the seizure, although we do think a drug checkpoint in its own right would well, be Excuse me. On that theory, uh, could the police station drug detection dogs at every street crossing where the traffic lights require pedestrians to wait until the yellow light comes along? The pedestrians are being stopped uh, in the normal manner in which pedestrian traffic is regulated. The dog is no more intrusive than the dog is when it goes around the car. Could the police do that and have a good search? Yes, I think police have a right to be on street corners with, with their dogs or without their dogs and smell the sniff the dog alerts to is odors. So if somebody says to the dog, you know, get away from me, the police can say, no, you've got to let the dog circle you. No, that then I think would be a seizure of a pedestrian if they won't, can't get away, but the pedestrian can then, walk then away. Then why isn't it difference. a seizure of the car for something other than the purposes of checking license plates uh, when the dog goes around the car. Are you telling — or maybe your answer would be that the driver of the car could say to the police, get the dog away from the car, and the police would have to do it, would they? No, I don't think so, because the difference between the pedestrian example and this one is that you have a legitimate basis for the seizure independent of the dog. You have that a legitimate basis for stopping the pedestrian until the light turns yellow. 
The pedestrian is just as validly stopped as the well, car is for the driver's license. I think it's a separate question whether — And if the pedestrian can tell the police to get the dog away, why can't the car owner? I'm not sure that a traffic light, in fact, effectuates a seizure within the meaning of the Fourth Amendment. Well, um, it is. Because do, pedestrians do, do, can turn around and walk away. They can do u I'm, I'm sorry. Do we know in the facts of this case whether the uh, the dog sniffing occurs while the uh, uh, license check is going on, or whether the policeman first checks the license and says, okay, now stay here, I'm done checking your license, but I want to walk around the car with a police dog. My understanding is that it's done while the driver's license check is going on, and that's what takes the two to three to five minutes. Dog sniffs take a minute, 90 seconds at the most for a very large vehicle. Suppose the city council uh, authorized this search and had a preamble and said, in order to interdict drug distributors, we are setting up the following checkpoint, and then the case is just like it is. And you and you be, and you have a license check, but they they say that the the sole that the purpose is to interdict drug smuggling. Mm-hmm. Does, does, does that change the case at all? It, it doesn't. For it, well, we have two rationales. Our position is that drug interdiction and drug smuggling checkpoints in their own right are constitutional. So obviously, under that theory, it would not. But if the court disagrees with that and says that that is not a legitimate basis for having a checkpoint, then the case would be different if. They did the stop, and they did not actually effectuate the interests that are served by a driver's license checkpoint. They didn't ask for the licenses, and they didn't act upon license violations. If they, in fact, act upon license violations and serve that interest within the meanings of this Court's prior recognition of that as legitimate interest, then the fact that they also serve another legitimate interest that does not in any way change the nature of the intrusion on the individual does not enhance the length or duration or intensity of the seizure, then it would not make a difference. And then what the government says or doesn't say in a preamble, I don't think would change the Fourth Amendment analysis. In other words, in order to do it, the, the city has candidly told us it wants to do apprehend drug distributors. It has this um, pretense of stopping people first to check their license. It's an also purpose but it's using that as a gateway to get to what it's really interested in, which is the drug distribution. If you mean pretense by the fact that they ask for licenses but don't do anything about it. No, but you said said that they would have to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. Chin told us candidly, and I thought to his credit, that the primary purpose of doing this is to apprehend drug distributors. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, yeah, but they couldn't just do that openly. Uh, overtly, uh, they, they need some kind of cover for it. So no, we, we do the license check. That's not what I mean to say. Our position is that a drug checkpoint in its own right would be constitutional. Border Patrol right, checks so let's drugs take, much let's, aliens, then but let's take away the mm-hmm. — you, you are saying without the license and registration check, this would still be okay. We just stop people because we want to have the dog go around the car. I'm saying two things. We're saying that's our first that's our first argument. And our second argument is if the drug interdiction purpose is not in itself, it's a basis for the stop, then as long as the driver's license stop or the sobriety stop is actually being accomplished by the government, those interests are being served, and the drug detection component does not add anything to the length or duration of the seizure, then it would still be constitutional. So under both of them, and that if, if both of them are legitimate interests, um, that the court doesn't, as long as, as long as one legitimate interest is, is served by the checkpoints and explains the entire, and justifies the entire scope and duration and intensity of the seizure, the fact that the government has other interests, primary or secondary, doesn't matter. Thank you, Ms. Mellon. Uh, Mr. Falk, we'll hear from you. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court. This case is not Martinez Fuerte. This case is not SIDS. The Indianapolis roadblocks are criminal investigatory seizures of primarily innocent persons without cause. In Martinez Fuerte, of well, there were cer- certainly the seizures in Martinez Fuerte and SIDS were also seizures of primarily interest, and no one claims they had a 51 percent uh, harvest there. Well, that's correct. But th- but this court recognized, Your Honor, for instance, in Montoya de Hernandez, that. Martinez Fuerte was one of a number of cases reflecting the long-standing concern for the protection of the integrity of the border, which has been characterized as a non-criminal investigatory concern. It's well, but in, in, in Martinez Fuerte, 
they, they arrested these people. That's how the case came to this court. Well, of course, Your Honor. But in Camera, back in 1967, violation of the housing codes and issue there were criminal. In New York versus Berger, violation of the regulatory statute turned out to be criminal. This court, in all those cases, looked back to see what the programmatic purpose was and recognized that the programmatic purpose was not for criminal investigation. If, in fact, a well, pro- what, what, what did the court say then in Martinez Fuerte? What, what did it say the main purpose, the programmatic purpose, as you call it, was? Protection of integrity of the, of the borders, Your Honor, been recognized by this court since, I believe, the 1880s, the United States versus Boyd, that the United States has an inherent regulatory right to ensure that people and things that enter this country and do so lawfully. That is a regulatory purpose. Similarly, lower courts have recognized through inspection and checking licenses, registrations, and um, inspection status has recognized a safety-related purpose for And drunk stuff. driving. And drunk driving, Your How Honor. about driving while impaired by drug use? If, 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 if that were the purpose, okay? If the city of Indianapolis could show here that there was indeed a problem of drugged driving, like there was in sits of drunk driving, then, of course, there could be a regulatory purpose. Because how, how could the city show that without having done some investigation? Well, I think if you looked at SITS, there were reams of statistics introduced there to show what the national and local problem of drunk driving was. SITS recognizes — I'm sorry. Please finish your answer. SITS recognizes that there is a regulatory right of a state to get an immediately unsafe vehicle off the road. In the same way that a car without brakes is imminently unsafe to innocent persons, so is a car driven by a drunk driver. What about a driver without a driver's license? Is there that a safety uh — Concern? Do you acknowledge that it's okay to make the stops to see that the person uh, behind the wheel has a driver's license? Arguably, Your Honor, but even those stops, even those non-criminal investigatory seizures have to be justified under Brown. There has to be a showing their actual is That's fine. Let's assume that that is so justified here. Yes. What difference does it make that in the course of that search, uh, in the course of that stop, the police also send a dog around the car? I mean, in in the case of individualized traffic stops, we we have innumerable cases where the person who is caught with drugs in his car after a stop for a broken taillight and and, and in the course of uh, interrogating the driver about the broken taillight, the the, the, uh, policeman sees something suspicious and then conducts a full search. And it is often alleged, and it may well be true, that the reason the policeman stopped the car with a broken taillight was that this car looked suspicious and he thought it might have drugs in it. And we have simply rejected that argument. We've said we're not going to go into the subjective motivation of the individual policeman so long as he had a valid basis for stopping the car. That's that's enough. Now, why shouldn't that apply in gross, just as it applies with respect to individual traffic stops? Subjective intent is irrelevant, provided there's otherwise probable cause. Right. So? But there is no cause here, Your Honor, and this Court has insisted. But there is cause. You've acknowledged that it's okay to stop to check for driver's license. Well, there's not a criminal investigatory cause. And I would add, Your Honor, that this Court has made it clear, and for instance, in Terry, you cannot go beyond the scope of what is allowed by the narrow exception to the cause requirement of the Fourth Amendment. Michigan versus Clifford, same example. I'm assuming they're not going beyond what's allowed. They're they're only stopping to check. Now, their their real purpose is to find drugs, but they're only stopping the cars as long as it takes to check for driver's licenses. While they do that, the, the dog sniffs around the car. Obviously, adding a dog goes beyond the scope of a license checkpoint. A dog is not necessary to check licenses. Under the roadblocks but here — But the dog is not — the dog is not a search that's under our — under place. Well, arguably, that's correct, Your Honor. Nor is but it a stop. Not just arguably. The Court has said it's correct. The Court has said that a search of unattended luggage is not — by a dog, a sniff, excuse me, is not a search. But I'm assuming it's not a search for this purpose, Your Honor, but still, it is clearly beyond the scope. It is something unnecessary. Beyond the scope of what? Beyond the scope of what is allowed for the regulatory intrusion to check someone's license, Your Honor. I guess a a, a policeman could walk a dog, a snuffing dog, down the street, couldn't he? I mean, suppose he did that. Are there people stopped? I mean, so he doesn't bother anybody, but he sniffs the dog. I I thought probably that was lawful. Well, but, Your Honor, this is a seizure. No, but I'd like you to address that particular point. I'm confused. uh, my characterization, not theirs. But from what Mr. Chin said, I thought that this was a stop, the basic purpose of which was to look for drugs, i.e., 
if the police had known they weren't going to get be able to look for drugs, there would have been no stop. Yes. From what the Solicitor General said, I thought, with my characterization, not hers, that, that this was a different kind of stop. This was a stop to search for drunk drivers or a stop to search for license, uh, unlicensed drivers. No. And the police would have done it if drugs had had nothing to do with it. No, and, and, and they're having done this. It's like somebody stopping at a red light and people walk a dog around. Uh, well, there seem to me quite different considerations. So what is this case? This is not like stopping at a red light. This is being pulled over by a sign saying, warning, drug interdiction checkpoint ahead. But no, but that isn't my point. My point is, have the police set this up to look for drugs, and in the absence of their ability to do that, they wouldn't have set it up, wouldn't have stopped people? Or is it a search that the police set up to look for no licenses and, and alcohol, and if you told, had told them you can't look for drugs, they would have done it anyway. This is a search to look for drugs, Your Honor. No matter how quickly one shows a valid license or registration, one cannot leave the checkpoint until the dog sniffs. Now, when the you say it's a search to look for drugs, and the Solicitor General says it isn't, it's a search for how am I going to find out who's right? The City of Indianapolis concedes that the primary purpose of this search, or excuse me, of this seizure, is to look for drugs. Where did they concede that? They've conceded that, I believe, in their briefs. They conceded that today before this court. And does primary purpose mean in the absence of their ability to do that, they wouldn't have done it, i.e., it was a necessary condition for the Your stop? Honor, I'm sorry, Your Honor, I cannot answer that. All I can answer is that everything that an individual is told when they are stopped, they are told you are now at a drug roadblock. They are told this is a drug interdiction checkpoint coming ahead with canines to check for drugs. You cannot did, leave did this checkpoint. Did the courts below find there were these other purposes in addition? The trial court found that from the fact that the licenses were checked, that there's a secondary purpose to look for licenses. The Seventh Circuit, Judge Posner, found that the primary, if not sole, purpose was to look for evidence of drugs. Uh, and in fact, as I've indicated, everyone is told when they're pulling up, there's no pretense, there's no, no one saying you're at a license roadblock, you are at a drug checkpoint. And even if, as I indicated, this was a checking of licenses, there is no valid reason to go beyond that and introduce the drug-detecting dog unless you are now converting this seizure, which arguably might be a regulatory seizure, into one for purposes well, why, of criminal why, why can't the city or the state have a multi-purpose stop? Arguably, they could. They don't in this case, but arguably they could. But you still have to well, look. Well, now, I, I, th I thought uh, counsel here said there were three purposes for the thing. The city has never attempted, never attempted below to justify, even under Brown, having a license checkpoint. There never was a showing that there was a public need for this. There was never a showing that the means used were not overly intrusive and, in fact, advanced well, that uh, effort. What, what, what sort of a, at what point do you think the city would have to make that showing? Well, I think at some level they would have to show that they believe that this is a problem in Indianapolis. Well, you, you, you mean the city council would have to pass a resolution? No, I mean the course of, of justifying their search to the at, court. At, at, justifying it at what point? I mean, when, when it's brought to court, as it was here? Yes. Uh, but you're not saying they would have to justify it beforehand. No. It seems to me in court, they, uh, the, the, the lower court, the district court, and you found that there, was, there were additional purposes. The lower court found only that licenses and registrations were taken, and from that she surmised a secondary purpose. Well, it's, uh, sur surmised. I mean, well, there's no other evidence, Your Honor. Well, but uh, if, the, if that was satisfactory to the district court, are you saying it's clearly erroneous to have found that? No, Your Honor. I think it's clear from the way the roadblock is set up that licenses and registration are taken to hold the people there so that the dog can sniff the car. There. Take, take an easy case in which there is simply a history in Indianapolis or any other jurisdiction uh, of, of license uh, uh, roadblock checks. Mm -hmm. uh, and after 25 years of doing this, uh, suddenly one day a drug-sniffing dog uh, appears at the license check. Uh, would, would you find uh, uh, anything constitutionally suspect in the yes. use of the dog there? Yes, Your Honor. That would be well, unconstitutional because you have now gone beyond the scope of what is arguably a valid non-criminal investigatory seizure under Brown. Arguably, you Well, but let's, let's — you're talking about seizure. Uh, let's assume that the dog simply sniffs, if it sniffs at all, during the time in which it takes to look at the license so that there's no — 
there's no greater uh, imposition upon the driver uh, by, by the use of the dog. Uh, would, would that raise a constitutional suspicion? Yes, Your Honor. This Court has never said you can take a non-criminal investigatory seizure and incrementally add things to it and still be constitutional. The opposite is true. Let's go back to, to Opperman, inventory case. You could have one officer searching a car, another officer searching the exact same car, in, uh, I mean, another car in the exact same way. Two different searches, exactly the same. One can be constitutional because the programmatic purpose is not criminal investigation, an inventory search. The other could be unconstitutional if the officer is looking for evidence. But in, in the example that I gave you, the assumption that I, I was making or implying by the hypo was that the, uh, the license check uh, remained, in fact, a, a bona fide license check. Uh, it had been so before dogs arrived. It continued to be so after the dog arrived. If you make that assumption that, in fact, there is a bona fide license check being made for the ostensible purpose uh, that, that, uh, of checking licenses, does the addition of the dog raise a constitutional suspicion? Yes, it does, and for the reason I indicated. Does it raise it for any other reason than it raises a question as to whether they are still really looking for licenses? Your Honor, I could understand. I guess uh, yes. I could understand your argument to say, "Hey, look, when the dog appears, uh, uh, we, we all know that they're no longer interested in licenses. They're interested in something else. They're doing just what they're doing here." That argument I can understand. But if you assume, if it were proved, if it were found as a fact by a reviewing court that the license check was still a, a, a bona fide yes. purpose, that's that's where I have trouble with your position. Your Honor, we're not asking this court or any court to go inside the head of people to see what their real purpose is. When you add the dog, there's only one purpose. A dog cannot check licenses and But the reality of police work is that the police enforce all of the laws. Suppose there were a driver's license checkpoint and stipulated by Justice, hypothesized by Justice Souter. Mm-hmm. And the police said, now that we want to have the people, officers manning this license checkpoint who are experts in drug detection. Mm-hmm. Would there be something constitutionally suspicious about that? No, provided they use that expertise in a way that does not re- require dogs or equipment or anything that is no, beyond but the but scope. but they're trained especially uh, to, to look at people's oh, eyes for, and, 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 and to smell and, and, and to look sure. at the kinds of containers of they can see in plain view. Uh, this is normal police work. And that's analogous to doing an inventory inspection of a car and seeing evidence of a crime in plain so, view. So it's if that's permissible, what's not permissible about adding a dog? Because the dog is more efficient. Because you've, but you've added the dog. You've added something which is beyond the scope. It's not in plain view. You've added something completely different. And Officers doing- with really sharp noses would be okay? <laughs> <laughs> look, bringing a witness, just bringing a witness to look at somebody stopped at a stoplight. I mean, uh, people do things like this all the time. You stop them for one purpose, but what the policeman does doesn't hurt them in any way whatsoever. It's just a way of getting a witness or somebody to, I don't, you're, you're pursuing this line mm-hmm. of, uh, I, I guess, assuming that this was a stop that was done for a legitimate other purpose. And, and I, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble following that assumption. Your Honor, we, we are arguing this because we, the question has been asked, what if there was a legitimate secondary purpose? We have contended all along in both the lower courts and in our briefs. What does secondary court. mean? To me, secondary meant that they'd never have done this thing if it weren't for the primary purpose. That's what I thought it was. And now, now uh, I'm, I'm a little mixed up about it. Your Honor, I cannot tell you what the city would and would not have done but for the drug search seizing. Do they have any other places in the city where they stop people for checking for licenses? Not that I'm aware of, Your Honor. Do they have any other places in the city in the same way where they stop people for drunk driving with these same kinds of checks? Not that I'm aware of, Your Honor. Mr. Falk, I don't understand why it makes any difference whether the city would have done this otherwise. Why does it make any difference in this case? It surely makes no difference when, when a defendant who's been convicted of, of a drug offense comes in and says, the policeman who stopped my car, oh, yes, he stopped it because of a defective brake light, but that's not really what he was after. And we don't inquire as to whether that's really what he was after. And I, and I frankly personally believe that very often that isn't what he was really after. 
that he stopped this suspicious-looking car, which happened to have a defective brake light. Now, we just don't listen to that argument. We don't care what, what the primary subjective purpose was. Why should we care here, so long as they have authority to stop for the driver's licenses, and one of the purposes of the stop is driver's licenses, what difference does it make that they have another motive? Programmatic purpose has always been extremely important in searches or seizures which are designed for things other than criminal investigation. Well, That's Mr. It. Folk, I, I, I want to get into this same area with you, because as I read Sitz and Martinez Fuerte, this Court didn't look at purpose at all. I mean, we've spent most of the morning here talking about purpose. What was the purpose? That wasn't the analysis. The Court just went to balancing. What does the government need, and how closely does the checkpoint serve that need? And, and we totally obviated the need to look for purpose. So I'm not sure that these discussions have helped the analysis that much. The problem, Your Honor, is if we lose the purpose inquiry for seizures which are not inherently regulatory like Martinez Fuerte or which are not immediately concerning safety uh, like SITS, then we are going to end up with pedestrian roadblocks because there is no the, right line. Uh, I, I've read over Martinez Fuerte's twice in the last time, and I simply don't find any statement in there that the seizure was primarily regulatory. Uh, do you, can you refer me to language in the case that says that? They, they ended up arresting the people. That's correct, Your Honor. And as I said, they arrested people in Berger and arguably could have arrested well, people in Cameron. Where, where does it say in Martinez Fuerte that the seizure is primarily regulatory? Martinez Fuerte does talk about the immigration problems and other cases, and I cited this court back. I, I, I asked you about Martinez no, Fuerte. there is nothing in Martinez Fuerte, Your Honor, that specifically says, says, it's says, says it's regulatory. That's correct. But you're trying to reconcile it, that decision. I mean, it's a piece of, of a tapestry with the ones that had to do, for example, with the fire investigation, where this court did, did make something of a purpose line. They said if you want to find out how this fire got started, that's regulatory and it's okay. That's correct. And but if you're trying to find the arsonist, it's not okay. Of course. And in Opera Minutes, court found it extremely important that the um, seizures there and the searchers were pursuant to a non-criminal inventory purpose. But I want to go back to the rationale that, that I think you started to Adam right there for the reason for the purpose inquiry. If I understood what you were, were saying is — I, th I think you were implying that in cases like Martinez Fuertes and, 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 and the, um, the, the, drive, the regular driver's checks, the, the, the question of purpose was, was not uh, in the case. Uh, that where purpose has come into the case, as Justice Ginsburg suggested, we have, we have said uh, that, in fact, purpose uh, is a crucial inquiry. And I understood you to be starting to say that if you don't make it a crucial inquiry, your categories simply collapse, and there is no way to, in effect, to to to, uh, to stop, as you said, at your. Uh, there's, there's no way to stop short of pedestrian search. Can you elaborate on that? Well, it, the category collapses in multiple dimensions. The first collapse, as this court noted in questionings of Mr. Chin, is what about things that are serious concerns to the city other than drugs? So we we will have an expansion to what other problems: people not paying parking tickets, people not paying child support, other things of stopping motorists. It also collapses, however, as far as who can be seized. If the argument is that somehow getting into your car is a surrender of your privacy interests, that same argument, as you noted, applies to a pedestrian in a high-crime neighborhood. Why not stop that person? That person has, by going out in public, surrendered a significant amount of privacy, arguably more than I surrender when I drive down the street in my car. Ultimately, what the city is arguing, I believe, is that if we subject everyone to the same degree of intrusion pursuant to this plan, that that how, somehow makes everything constitutional. But this Court has never viewed the Fourth Amendment as somehow being something that allows everyone to be treated in an even-handed manner as long as everyone's constitutional rights are violated in the same way it's, that's appropriate. But, but we have case. recognized special needs as an exception to the individualized suspicion, and we've recognized those special needs in the automobile context. And it is certainly arguable, I guess, that because the state or this, because the state licenses the driver and because motor vehicles are deadly weapons potentially, mm -hmm. that the state has a special need of assuring that the people who are driving are licensed 
and are not impaired by drugs or alcohol, and maybe there's a special need there that can be met by occasional checkpoints. And if I may add, this this is exactly what the Court said, just what Justice O'Connor's point is. This is exactly what the Court said in SITS. We don't need Martinez Fuerte, not because there's a difference between a regulatory stop and a stop for probable cause, but because it's a car involved. That's the way I read SITS. It's an unsafe car involved, as as Justice O'Connor noted. It's an immediately unsafe car that is going to cause imminent harm to innocent persons because it is a deadly weapon when driven by someone who is drunk or drugged. Now, that doesn't translate to pedestrians at all. But it doesn't We are tra- dealing with licensing somebody to use this potentially lethal vehicle. That's correct. But it doesn't translate to searching the trunks of cars to search for drug smugglers. It doesn't translate to that at all. It translates to checking to see if someone is drunk or someone is impaired. Right. Then it boils down to whether there's any increase in intrusion by having the dog sniff. There's an increase in intrusion when the state turns a criminal investigatory eye on presumably innocent persons. Yes. No, yes, you say yes. But I, you're, you're, look, but until, I, until I heard the Solicitor General, frankly, I thought that just like the first of the cases you're talking about was an immigration case mm-hmm. and the second case was a drunk search, mm-hmm. this was a drug search. Yes. The lower courts had treated it this way. Yes. Indianapolis had said any other purpose was secondary. Yes. Now suddenly, it's, since the Solicitor General argued, I think there's a new premise reaching in, reaching in. This is not a drug search case. This is a drunk search plus a dog. <laughs> now that's quite a different thing. That's correct. And because of that issue, I think it's important to get clear on what it is. And, and if we're treating it as a drug case, it's one thing. Drunk case plus a dog, it's another. So in your last answer, you accepted the characterization, the second characterization. And I want to be sure what you think about that and why I take it you think it should be the first characterization, not the second. This is most definitely a drug case. The city has always indicated its primary purpose is to interdict drugs, not to find drugged drivers. The city has always said that's not the purpose. The purpose is, as the city conceded this morning, to stop bad guys carrying drugs from carrying them through the streets of Indianapolis. And that is why it's no different than a pedestrian search, because there are bad guys carrying drugs who are walking through the streets of Indianapolis. So what is wrong about the city saying, look, we have a right to stop people to, to look at their licenses? Police forces do this all the time. In Fairfax County, they, they, they stop to make sure you paid your, uh, your vehicle tax. Uh, why don't we do that and, in the course of doing it, have a dog sniff around the car? Now, again, in fact, their primary purpose may be to have the dog sniff around the car, but they are conducting a stop that is a perfectly legitimate stop. And we don't look into purpose. And again, assuming that was the case here, which I do not believe it is, because I think we are dealing with a primarily, if not sole, drug issue. But even assuming that sort of mixed motive, which you are hypothesizing. No, I'm not, I'm not hypothesizing a mixed motive. I'm, I'm hypothesizing that they wanted to get people carrying drugs. Then as a means of doing it, they said, we have a perfect right to stop cars in order to look at licenses. And why don't we do that? And while, while the cars are stopped, send a dog around the car. What's wrong with that? Then what we have is a criminal investigatory seizure done without any No, it isn't a criminal investigatory whatsoever. seizure. It's, it's a seizure to look at their licenses. No, it's not. It's a seizure. To, when you have a dog there, it's a seizure to look for drug activity. No, but this comes back to your purpose argument. You're, you're basically saying that Justice Scalia's premise cannot be accepted in those circumstances. That's correct. And you're saying that because purpose is crucial, we characterize it this way as the drug search. There has been a but the, the tough question, and, and I, I, I think this is consistent with his question, what if we assume it, it, it is found as a fact by the reviewing court that the license check or the registration check is, in fact, a, a genuine bona fide purchase, a purpose, and they simply add the dog. They're saying, look, if we're stopping them for this legitimate purpose anyway, why not check for this too? Why not let the dog go around? Because why does the dog taint the search in that case? Because then you're going back to having a um, 
a seizure which is for criminal purposes, which is beyond the scope of what might otherwise be allowed. And is the reason of the beyond the scope criterion essentially a slippery slope reason? Are you, in effect, saying that my premise is really an insupportable premise? Because if you accept that premise, everybody's going to wink and say, we're just checking for licenses and we happen to have this dog here. Uh, and and that the that the premise in fact will never or or will the threat that the premise will not be uh, uh, true that it will not be a bona fide purpose is just too great and that's why you don't let the dog. Well, yes, although I, I mean I think in defense of Indianapolis they're not winking they're coming out full. Oh, I, I, I realize I'm, 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 I'm pursuing I'm, I'm just pursuing the, the the limits of your argument as Justice Scalia. If we break the distinction down between a criminal investigatory purpose and a non-criminal investigatory purpose. Would you say uh, stopping for driver's li- a man who doesn't have a driver's license is not a criminal investigatory purpose? I believe, Your Honor, that that has been deemed to be regulatory because — Deemed by whom? Well, I think in lower courts, in, in approaching the problem, have deemed that to be the desire is to remove immediately unsafe people off the roads. There's a presumption if you have no license, you're unsafe. Well, there's also a presumption you've committed a crime. Well, yes, Your Honor. But, again, this Court has recognized, as I said, in Camera and Berger and other cases, that you can have a regulatory purpose in a criminal investigatory. But you want us to use the Von Raab analysis. And in SITS, we said, when you have automobiles, you don't. You use the Martinez-Fuerte analysis. And that's why SITS said that, because Martinez-Fuerte, I believe, was there indicating that for that seizure, which was not a criminal investigatory seizure, which was part of the inherent regulatory right of the United States to regulate people and things coming to the United States, in that we use a balancing. But if we abandon the cause requirement when it's a pure criminal investigation, then we will have seizures which are based on a perceived governmental need. Would you allow a dog in a Martinez for it to stop? A dog searching, if, if in fact, if in fact this, case, this court's case law allow regulatory seizures at that point for purposes of contraband. Yes. It seems to me that you're really arguing that there's a difference between pretext when it's an individual officer acting and pretext when it's a regulatory program. That's yes. the heart of your case. It, it is, and, and I don't like using the word pretext because, again, I think the city of Indianapolis is the word isn't motive being, instead of pretext. Right. It, it's, it's a primary. It's, it, what is the purpose? And this court itself in Opperman said here the primary purpose is non-criminal investigatory. In Berger, the primary purpose is non-criminal investigatory. And the reason for that was because if it was a criminal investigatory purpose, there'd have to be specific cause. And what's, what's the danger uh, that you perceive in making the distinction between the individual and the programmatic? Why do you make that distinction? Because the why, dang- why do you say there can't be a programmatic rent? Because the danger then, I believe, is that a sufficient government interest, the drug crisis, will be sufficient to overcome the privacy interest, which this Court has always recognized as something held by the individuals under the Fourth Amendment. Mr. Falk, I, uh, I asked uh, uh, Ms. Millett earlier whether uh, uh, the, the, the dogs ever took longer than the license check. Uh, she said no, that uh, the license check takes three to five minutes and the dog's done by the time the license check. Do you agree with that? The record is not clear, Your Honor. The only thing the record indicates is that um, — there's an affidavit from an officer which says that's usually done at the same time, but it's also clear from the record that no one can leave the checkpoint until they're sniffed by a dog. So it's clear that there are times when the last thing being done is being sniffed by a dog, and that makes sense. If you're just checking licenses and registrations, it won't take five minutes. And given the size, there are 30 police officers there, given the number of cars, it, dogs have to do multiple cars, and inevitably, I believe, it's, there's going to be a wait for the dog. But Obviously, Your Honor, the, the, the risk here is that if we break down the barrier here and allow this seizure, which is clearly for criminal investigatory purposes, to occur without cause, then we will be faced with ever-increasing incursions, which will be balanced away, because if the problem is deemed serious enough, if the intrusion is deemed minimal enough, we will have uh, seizures of persons on streets. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Fox. Mr. Chen, you have two minutes remaining. Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice. I'd like to first... Uh, clear up from our perspective uh, one of Justice Breyer's concerns uh, about what is the primary purpose or what are the purposes in this case. It's clearly true that Indianapolis is wanted to primarily emphasize drug detection in these checkpoints. 
But it's also clear that we had three interests being served. It's clear in the record. We were so interested, in fact, in driver's license and registration checks being performed in this very set of checkpoints that 4.2 percent of the motorists stopped in these checkpoints were arrested for traffic violations. And do you ever uh, do other similar uh, traffic, uh, any registration checks without the drugs? It's not clear from the record whether we do, Your Honor. I, I know certainly that we do in Indianapolis sobriety checkpoints uh, quite, quite all the time. I'm not sure about driver's license and registration checkpoints apart from sobriety or, or drug checkpoints. But we're clearly interested in all three of these interests. How is it advertised to the public? I mean, I forgot what those signs were. I know there was a sign that said canine. But what was the other sign? Wasn't it drug checkpoint ahead? Yes, the, 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 signs, the signs display what our, our area of emphasis is for those checkpoints, which is narcotics detection, checkpoint ahead, so many miles, one mile, half a mile, canine in use, be prepared to stop. That's what the yeah. signs say. What, what is your, what is your uh, take on whether, whether you have to wait after your driver's license has been checked for the dog to complete sniffing? Do we know, we know about that? Well, Mr. Fox, certainly tr- uh, correct. The record isn't absolutely clear on that. My understanding is that the dogs do their work very quickly. We're only talking about five to, to ten cars in a sequence, and the dog uh, is led around each car really in a matter of seconds. So in, it's my understanding in almost all situations, Thank the you. dog will be done with its Thank work. Thank you, Mr. Chen. Uh, the case is submitted.